Welcome to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy with your hosts, Phyllis Amon and Rubina Chaudhry. Seniors deserve to have a life with respect, dignity, and fulfillment. But as we transition into elderhood, this doesn't always happen. Join us today as we discuss some of the most important issues that seniors face and provide much-needed answers to your questions. Now, here are Phyllis and Rubina. Hi, welcome to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy on this rainy Monday here on the East Coast uh, in Lower Connecticut. How are you doing today, Rubina? Wonderful, wonderful. And uh, I'm in Southern California with uh, a cloudy uh, midday with a little bit of sun peeking through. Okay, well, it sounds like your weather is better than mine. But I guess we should be thankful it's not a lot of snow because there are people who are really under that uh, this time of year. And that's a whole other issue, right? A whole other kind of weather pattern. So go ahead. Go ahead. I say, you know, I mean, we can be the weather persons too. I'm (laughs) hearing that at our empowerment channel at Voice America, it's cloudy also. And we're giving you the east, west and the middle uh, weather forecast. That's wonderful. Uh, okay. You're right. Maybe we should add that to our uh, to our list of what we're going to cover, right? <laughs> oh, oh, the places we'll go. Absolutely. Absolutely. So today we were going to talk about um, our health and wellness journey as we prepare for 2020. It's not so much a just about diet and exercise, but a real strategy for a, a health and wellness journey. And we have with us today, today Sophia Ghani, who is a wellness coordinator for Olive. Isn't that correct? Yes, yes, it is. And um, so a little bit about Sophia for the listeners. She graduated from the University of Texas at Austin with a doctor of pharmacy And she actually worked as a clinical pharmacist at Baylor Hospital for a number of years before she made a transition to health and nutrition. And for the past 10 years, she's been working with women, men, and children promoting overall wellness, mind, body, and soul through nutrition, mindfulness, and exercise. And Sophia is also a certified personal trainer. Um... And as I said, she's the South Orange County Program Coordinator for Olive Community Services. So I want to welcome uh, Sophia to the show, and um, I'm sure our listeners are excited to hear about how they can strategize for their health and wellness journey for 2020. Hi, Sophia. How are you today? Hi, Phyllis. Hi, Rabina. Thank you so much for having me on today. It's an honor to be on your show. Thanks so much. So I'm sure when people hear um, about a health and wellness journey, that's probably terminology they they haven't heard before. Usually we think about starting a diet. I was just talking with a friend this morning um, about starting a diet January 1st or going to the gym, but it's, it's quite a bit more than that. So you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. And like you said, uh, there has to be a whole mind shift when it comes to thinking about health and wellness, which is one of the things I feel uh, I see a lot where, like you said, people talk about, oh, New Year's coming, the new, new Year resolution, and 
what is the first top New Year resolution people make is going into the gym, exercising, starting to eat better. Those are the top, out of the top five. And so it's a, a lot of enthusiasm going into the new year and trying to start this journey. However, when people do start it, they look at it as if a time frame of, okay, I'm going to do this for the next three months and then I'm going to be where I want to be and then they might slip back into old ways and, you know, and so when I talk to my clients and my uh, people uh, about health and wellness, it's more of, first of all, think of it as a lifelong journey and we have our ups and we have our downs. However, we have to figure out a better strategy. So when you come up with these goals, there has to be a very detailed plan, sort of preparation mode that you have to have in order to achieve or get to work towards those goals. I was so. thinking about this when I was writing up the little uh, description for the episode, and um what came to my mind is that people do strategize and plan for other aspects of their life, like financial planning. They plan for as they get older um, or they set goals for themselves. You know, in 10 years, I want to buy a home or in 20 years, I want to retire, whatever that is. Uh, and also people... Um, Wait, I just lost my trend of thought. What happened to me? Oh, also people plan, not that they plan that anything is going to happen to them, but they plan for their the medical aspects of their lives, you know, by uh, whether it's Medicare or other insurances, they look into that. And, and uh, mm-hmm. but we don't really strategize or plan for health and wellness. And um, in our conversation, I think it was yesterday, I was saying to you that um, my father was diabetic and I was diabetic in both pregnancies. And as I'm getting older, I do have that in my mind. Like if I, like today, um, I had a few sweet items. And then I Mm -hmm. think about that and say, well, I have to back off from that because it's a strategy because as we get older, we're more disposed to things like diabetes or or other medical situations. So how would you say people think about that? Or do you think they really prepare in that way in terms of their health and wellness as they age? I, uh, it is, it is a topic that I feel needs to be much more emphasized as we grow from a young age towards, uh, you know, our adult life. So in my practice, I started off as a pharmacist and I was working in a hospital where everything was just very robotic in terms of like, okay, patient came in with, you know, a stroke and then we're going to give first line therapy, second line if that doesn't work. So it was just very robotic with the medications and and you're right we we I feel as a society is more reactive when it comes to our health so once we have a disease then we're like oh okay now I have it now I'm going to start taking the medication and also when we take medication a lot of patients feel like okay I'm taking the medication it should do the job and I can continue the lifestyle I have hopefully I mm-hmm. think that sort of thinking is shifting slowly but surely to where people are, you know, taking care of their health, but 
once again, when they start this health journey, I think when doctors tell their patients, okay, you need to go on a health plan, you know, get your nutrition and exercise and, and come see me in three months. So uh-huh. that's the only help or what they hear about. And then they're kind of left on their own to figure it out. And that's why I think more guidance is needed to where people kind of know, okay, so how do I start taking care of my health? And there has to be a whole mind shift of, you know, it doesn't have to be rigid. If you start something and you fall off the wagon, a lot of time people might be, oh, no, I messed up, and they just stop and they go back to their old ways. However, like you just said, you mentioned where you had some sweets, and then you said, okay, I'm going to back off and, you know, start cleaning it up a little bit and then, you know, go back and, go, you know, eat healthy again. So that's a much, much better way of looking at it because we are human. <laughs> Definitely. Um, Sophia, uh, it's, it's a pleasure to be working with you in Olive and having known you for many years before that. I have two questions uh, mm-hmm. that, uh, that uh, I'd like to put before you. One is, what was your personal journey from shifting from being a pharmacist to, to your current approach? And the second is, um, if you would share with us what has been some of your, uh, your successful initiatives. I know that you have, uh, you know, taken on some initiatives and you have some fun things planned for Olive as, about, as well that we will talk about uh, very soon. So share with us first your journey from be- being a pure pharmacist to a, um, a body, mind, and soul, a full circle sure. practitioner. Sure. So I went to, you know, I graduated from uh, university, got my degree, and super excited to work as a pharmacist, went into the uh, clinical setting uh, versus retail pharmacy and, you know, work with a team of doctors, nurses, uh, helping patients with whatever they came in, um, admitted into the hospital. So I did that and uh, it was very, I think it took a toll on me. It was very hard for me to just see all that and uh, and I always thought that, you know, medication should be the last sort of uh, avenue, and there was not much emphasis being put on the nutrition aspect. We were educating uh, patients about that. And so I kind of, my specialty within pharmacy was psychology and nutrition. So I was also kind of had that sort of aspect within pharmacy. Uh, but then I took a couple years off when I had my kids, and when I did that, I helped my husband out with his business. He, he's in nutrition, and so when I did that, and I started working with women and uh, children primarily, I I found it so much more rewarding because I saw results, and I guess that's where my, you know a feeling of contentment came in and having the pharmacy background really helped because I could give a more well-rounded view Uh to the nutrition that I was providing. But yeah, so that's how I got Mm -hmm. into nutrition. It's interesting that uh, psychology and nutrition were part of your studies. I was not aware of that. And you mentioned your husband and his work. Uh, Would you like to elaborate a little bit 
on that? Sure. Uh, my husband, he uh, he actually develops nutritional products for companies, um, you know, from concept to shelf, and for and he also works with doing nutrition. Uh, with he works more with celebrities, so. Some of the people he's worked with are Ben Affleck and Hugh Jackman and Deborah Messing. So he gets to be in the Hollywood, you know, world. Whereas <laughs> I, which I say my celebrities are, you know, people from all walks of life. I'm one of them. And, yes, and you um, are. I'm, I'm one of yours. I'm one of your clients, right? I, and yes, I you're, met you in California and I expect to be too. So. <laughs> wonderful 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 you both of you are really doing wonderful work uh, in your business life as well as as uh, as community participants share with me what some of the initiatives you've had at the beginning of the year I've not participated in any of them but I know some of my family members and friends have participated can you share that yes yeah so we uh, usually do a uh 90-day challenge, and it's kind of like a jump start to the new year, and we have, uh, we've done challenges where I've done focusing on women, and we've done couple challenges, and men have another separate group, so within that, we have a lot of people who come in, and our purpose for that is to educate them and really make them understand the reasoning that goes behind why you're eating certain foods because once you understand why you're eating it or not supposed to eat something, then hopefully that mindfulness will kick in at some point and you'll be like, oh, you know what? They said, you know, you're not supposed to do this. So within the 90 days, it's a whole plan to where you start from point A and transition into phase two, phase three, phase four, and then come out um, learning more and hopefully feeling better and mm-hmm. uh, losing weight and feeling healthier. And that's, that's my goal. I tell all my clients, look, you know, we're, mm-hmm. everybody I wanted to, they want to lose weight. Yeah, mm-hmm. I wanted to um, jump in for a moment. Uh, Sophia, you and I talked about something when I was uh, in California a couple of weeks ago about mindfulness because just like we um, – kind of robotically, or I shouldn't say robotically, but just say matter-of-factly, oh, we're going to start a diet or exercise program. Oftentimes, we eat, and uh, we're not mindful of what we're actually putting in our mouth. And that's where I think um, you kind of go astray a little bit, and and that's where Mm -hmm. mindfulness training, and people really do need mindfulness training. They don't realize it. In order to really be present in the moment, and realize what you're doing before you do it rather than just doing it and then after the fact saying, oh, my gosh, why did I just eat that? Absolutely, yes. And that's one of the things that I try to teach my clients is, first of all, we try to establish habits. We associate things with certain things. For example, in the morning, you wake up, you brush your teeth, and then um, it's time to have your supplements. And then so having that association, waking up, having your morning supplements. So making that a habit and then hopefully mindfully going, you know, eating, having the plan. Planning and preparation is key. So I usually tell my clients we have to have the whole week planned out um, prior to three, four days prior to that week. So Mm -hmm. the groceries are done, the meals are prepped, 
supplements are in their um, pill box. So everything is ready to go. The more planned and prepared you are, and then you will be mindful of your actions. And I also tell my clients the night before, I want you, before sleeping, I want you to visualize your, your next day. So go through mm-hmm. your day. Just how when, if, we, if we go to school and our kids take tests, how do you study? You, you write down, you memorize, you visualize. So that visualization helps in mindfulness the next day when that comes. And to be mindful, like you said, of your actions. Should I eat this? Is this good for my body? Is this going to cause me benefits or is it going to be harmful? Right. Right. Having that uh, mindfulness is definitely very important. Maybe when we come to the next segment, because we have just a minute or so left for this one, maybe we can, maybe you can talk a little bit about how people would go about um, learning about mindfulness or practicing mindfulness. I mean, that's not an easy thing. Um, I work, with, I work with people just something simple with chewing and swallowing. And sometimes, I, and I know myself, I've told this to my patients, you know, I have like something on the right side of my mouth and I'm supposed to chew on the other side um, because things get caught in this gap and then it's uncomfortable and I forget every single time unless I'm really concentrating and, and present in the moment at this moment mm-hmm. at the second that I put the food in my mouth. So maybe we could talk a little bit about that because it's not an easy thing sure. to achieve. Great. Absolutely. And uh, Phyllis and Sophia, we will return shortly to our second segment and on the Voice America Empowerment Channel as we continue our conversation on uh, healthy habits and uh, our plan for 2020. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Phyllis Amen, the voice for elder care advocacy, provides strategic solutions to families seeking care for their loved ones in short-term rehab, long-term care, or memory care. Her unique knowledge comes from working in over 40 skilled nursing facilities. Phyllis's passion for quality care and quality of life for our loved ones sets her apart. She encourages families to plan by choice, not by crisis. Visit phyllisheldercare.info for a consultation. Phyllis is also a speaker for both the public and private sector on various issues related to caregiving, communication, empathy, and aging. Rabina Chaudhry is president and founder of Mars Services, an engineering management consulting firm, as well as founder and president of Olive Community Services, a 501c3, which provides culturally appropriate supportive services to seniors, their families, and the community. Rubina's passion for the elder population stems from her experience as an only child living over 1,000 miles away from her aging parents, who are now 91 years of age. She understands the delicate issues and decisions caregivers face. Visit olivecs.org to get further information about Olive's programs and services. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy with Phyllis Amon and Rubina Chaudhry. If you'd like to leave us a question or comment about our program, please feel free to email your hosts from the Voices for Elder Care Advocacy show page on Voice America. 
Now, back to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy. Uh, welcome back, ladies. This is Rubina Chaudhary. I'm here with uh, uh, Phyllis Amen and Sophia Ghani. Uh, Sophia, we left our first segment with uh, Phyllis asking you the question about mindfulness and what are some of the ways that we can enhance our, our mindfulness. Sure. Um, I myself am still trying to be mindful of my actions. A lot of times I catch myself not being mindful, but uh, it is something that I, first of all, I think you need to understand yourself, get to know yourself. A lot of times when I talk to my clients, that's one of the things I say, you need to really be in tune with your body and understand how you react to food or what time of the day are you most hungry? When do you have a craving for sweets or savory items? So these are the things that you have to find out and discover about yourself and then be mindful of your actions. And one of the best ways I found for for my clients has been journaling and figuring out for the first week how, when you eat, when do you drink water, when, and just about yourself. And not necessarily has to be about food or um, if you exercise or not or just how you feel. Do you feel more energetic in the morning? Do you feel a, a, a huge sort of a tiredness during the middle of the day? Figure out your body. And then once you have that, be mindful of how you react to those, um, you know, actions. And then we step back and kind of figure out, okay, what is going to work for you? What is not going to work? And then... Um, from that point on, just kind of take action not to jeopardize yourself, knowing how you would react to something. Does that sort of make some sense? <laughs> Great. Great. That's interesting. As you were starting to talk, that's what went through my mind, Sophia, was about journaling. It's it's not an easy thing. It's also a discipline uh, to do that, um, yes. to write down like like you said, how you feel at a particular time of the day. Um, people really, like you say, really need to plan. Um, I've started to, over the last several months, plan a snack in the afternoon or something mid-morning to keep my energy level up. Uh, but if you're not in tune to that or plan for it, what happens to most people? You grab something sweet, you grab something that's not nutritious or less than optimal for your body. And um, this does take work and it does take commitment. It's not just an easy thing. I I think people should be aware of that because if it isn't easy and people know it's not easy, then they have a tendency to get less disappointed in themselves or less down on themselves. And it's not easy to do on your own. Maybe you need to seek help with somebody like Sophia or, or somebody in the vicinity of where you live that can help you uh, with these strategies. You know, that's a, that's yeah. so true. So true, Phyllis, because I will share my reflections in the next segment. So let's uh, talk because I am working with Sophia. Oh, okay. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Great. So what? I think what that's a, very what, important. Oh, sorry, sorry what, go ahead. No, that's okay. What about um, what about supplements? How there are so many advertisements now, or you go into any pharmacy or 
grocery store, there's GNC, there's, uh, you go into CVS or Walgreens or Rite Aid's or whatever store is in your community, and there are all these supplements, and you see all these ads. How do people determine which ones they should take or if they should take them? Uh, That's a very good question, and there is just so much information out there. It's so hard to kind of sift through information and misinformation and what you should, you know, take. Uh, So there is a lot out there. And uh, I think that everybody for sure is different and everybody has different requirements as far as supplements go. However, there are certain supplements that I think that um, we need uh, because we don't get enough of based on the amount of food that we eat or the processed food that we we may be eating. And one of those is definitely um, fish oils, your essential fats. And that's something that I feel like would be a no-brainer for anybody to just go ahead and start taking it. Um, Just because with the amount of processed food and the oils that processed oils that are in fast food and food that's been eating out, uh, it's just very hard to get your essential, your good fats, which are your omega-3s. And that's one way somebody can um, supplement that to their diet. And, I mean, it's it's hard. And like you said, I feel like you would have to work with somebody who has the knowledge to be able to sift through and see what you or customize it to specifically to the person. Um, But it is difficult with all the... Um, supplements out there and the claims that supplements um, make. So. so so I had an interesting conversation with somebody who's going to be our guest uh, for our next week's show. And mm-hmm. she was talking about vitamin D. And mm-hmm. she was saying that um, one of the best sources of vitamin D is sunlight. And yes. there are several... Um, how shall I say it? It depends on what your, um, hmm. there are certain religions or customs, or um, I'll say it that way, where people are more covered up and so they're not exposed to sunlight so much. And um, mm-hmm. I was saying that people, let's say, in skilled nursing facilities or assisted livings or in some kind of a sit- setting like that, oftentimes don't get a chance to be outside either. And so uh, absorbing vitamin D is -hmm. just not something that that's happening for you. So what do you, what are your feelings about that? Since you spoke about fish oil? Actually, I think vitamin D is also a very important supplement that we should be supplementing with because the majority of people are low in vitamin D levels and actually some of um, the literature actually say that vitamin D is such an important um, vitamin that they categorize it as a pro-hormone. So, um, and yes, as far as sunlight, that's how the vitamin D uh, is converted to its active form in our body. So if you are not getting sunlight from the hours of 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. directly onto your skin, then for about 15 to 20 minutes, then um, I would also recommend vitamin D. And also, I feel um, in the in the states that have winter and don't get a lot of uh, sunlight, just to increase vitamin D supplementation during the winter months 
and then maybe decrease it back during the summer months. So that's one of the other things I do sometimes uh, recommend. But I do absolutely think vitamin E is a very vital um, uh, vitamin for our bodies and it's it's, um, required with a lot of different um, chemical reactions that are um, to keep us optimal in our health. You know, there are, there are so many different um, supplements. And one of them that I see mentioned quite often is the turmeric supplement. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Turmeric, curcumin, uh, yes, it's becoming very uh, popular. And there are definitely benefic- it is definitely beneficial. There's literature out that it is um good for inflammation, anti-inflammatory properties. So that's something if um, somebody has some sort of inflammatory process going on in their body and usually chronic diseases are all linked to inflammation. So it is a good thing, which is also natural, that somebody can try. And if it works, it works and keep going with it because there is really no... um, I mean, it's the only benefit. You can't be harmed unless you're allergic to it, obviously. But other than that, I mean, it's a natural um, uh, herb. Interesting. Uh, one thing I would like to bring up here, we are talking uh, about specific, uh, uh, you know, uh, vitamin supplements, etc. Talk a little bit about the process, Sophia. I was going to talk in the in the third segment, but a little bit more about your approach. I know you do a comprehensive assessment that these supplements are not to be taken lightly, that you take a look at the blood chemistry and you do an interview with the person so that so that we it's not one size fits all. You know, it's exactly. it's very tailored and very, very specific. Specific, yes. And then when I see my clients, my process is where I do a two to three hour long consultation and I tell my clients if you have any supplements, um, if they're local, they can bring them in. If they come to my office, if they, they're not local, we obviously I work with people all over, so we have um, calls, but they have a list of their supplements, they have a list of, list of their medications, and that's where my pharmacy background comes in very handy because... I can look into drug supplement interactions and drug-drug interactions if they don't even know that they're doubling up on their medications. So that's something I can make them aware of and they can go discuss with their doctor. Um, and then I also tell them to bring in their blood work, whatever, whatever, however I can make it more comprehensive. And then I go through a bunch of different questions, which can be from, have you had an antibiotic in the past two years? Um, and, you know, that brings in the whole microbiome, and that's also a huge buzzword these days. Right. Gut health. And so um, a list of tons of questions. And then I take all that information, do a body fat test, and then kind of sit down, go through everything, and then come up with a plan. And then we go over the plan at the start of initiation and then, you know, there are different phases and everything is based on the person. So if somebody asks me, okay, how long will I be doing this? Will I be doing that? It's very patient or person uh, specific. If your body uh, does not, you know, change or progress, then we move on to something else. But it's also something that takes time. And Mm. so I always have to remind my clients, this is something that's going to take time. So you have to be patient. 
So that's a huge one in our world. I have I have another question because we're talking a lot about the things that we do during our wakeful times. We're awake during the day. What mm-hmm. about uh, sleep? Because I've read things about sleep, how the beneficial effects of sleep on actually weight loss. Uh, can you yeah. talk about that a little bit? This is amazing because this is such a huge part of it. I'm glad you brought it up. So sleep is so important and is so essential for our body because this is the time, the only time where our body actually recovers and repairs and everything that's being done to repair our body occurs in our sleeping hours. Growth hormone is released during during sleeping hours. So it's very important to try and get minimum of six hours and eight hours is six to eight hours is a good range and uh, establishing good sleep hygiene and when I say that a lot of times because we have so many different screens we can be on prior to sleeping and the whole blue light um, issue that you know it, it messes with our circadian rhythm so stopping any of that about an hour prior to sleep so these are some things can, that can make our sleep quality better. So that is something that I also tell my clients and trying to find a time frame where you can sleep around the same time every day. So if you sleep at 9 and wake up at, you know, 6 or 5, then keep that range. Try not to deviate too much from it, from going from 9 to 11 or 12, because then your sleep pattern is not you know, at the, on the same pattern. So that's some stuff that people should be aware of and, you know, try to, if you're drinking water, stop limiting, start limiting your water about three to four hours prior to sleeping so you don't have to wake up at night, mm. things like that. So if people wanted to get in touch with you to find out more about how you go about this or where they could go to find out information or if they can work with you specifically, how would they get in touch with you? So I have uh, my uh, email address. It's sophiafithealth at gmail.com. And I also have my olive one. And it's sophia um, at olivecs.org. Yes. Right. And so they can be reached with me both ways. I'm on Instagram as well. Um, and that's sophiafitrx. I can, yeah, and those are probably, email's probably the best way to go. Hmm. Because I'm sure there would be people that would, you know, may have more questions or, um, by the way, do you do over-the-phone consultations if if people um, just wanted to call you and just, you know, get some yes. questions before they entered into some kind of nutrition challenge or something like that? Yeah, of course. Um, you know, they can call and they can... Uh, um, set up a, a, we can set up an appointment where they can just you know have about twenty minutes of uh, uh, segments of where we can discuss whatever the questions they may have, and then they can go from there. Are there are there people who do this around the country other than you? I'm, are there many people who are uh, working with people on strategies like a health and wellness journey uh, that you're aware of? I'm sure there are. Uh, and I just, to me, I, I feel like I always want to increase my knowledge in any way possible. So 
thus I got, you know, personal training certification. And so I'm always trying to find ways and I'm looking into doing an actual mindfulness course. So, but I mean, I don't know. It's just my curiosity, I guess, how to, how to serve people better. So I learn more so I can give more, but I'm not sure. Oh, okay. And uh, yeah. uh, Phyllis, so- Sophia is also the coordinator of Olive Fit and Fun program. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes, and in the new year, we'll be working on a lot of uh, a lot of initiatives um, as well, and we'll we'll share those with uh, uh, with the listeners as we move forward. Sophia, do you have any question or a message that you want to leave with the listeners in the last minute? Yes, I would. I would like to say that uh, you know. New year, new decade, uh, time, it's a great time for a fresh start and, you know, always, always take care of your health because we only have one body and we can't go anywhere else. We got to use the body, <laughs> so we got to take care. We got to take care of this, you know, Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I love that. <laughs> I love that too. Take care. <laughs> you, you are your Tesla. How about that for exactly. a slogan? You, you are your Tesla. Right. Yes, I guess right. it's a, it's changed from Mercedes to Tesla now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Times yeah, change, right? Times right. change. Exactly. Sophia. It's a different Sophia. power source. It's a different power source altogether, different right? Different power source altogether. <laughs> Sophia, yeah, thank energy, you so much. Right? Yeah. right. Thank, thank you so, so much. And uh, I... It's truly a pleasure to work with you in Olive and to know you. And we look forward to developing uh, some kind of program in the beginning of 2020. And as we have, as we develop it, we'll bring you back to share it with our listeners and see if we can uh, spread that word and uh, and that concept, even in a a little seed that we lay somewhere. So again, thank you very much. And uh, we will return to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy on uh, Voice America Empowerment Channel. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Phyllis Amen, the voice for elder care advocacy, provides strategic solutions to families seeking care for their loved ones in short-term rehab, long-term care, or memory care. Her unique knowledge comes from working in over 40 skilled nursing facilities. Phyllis's passion for quality care and quality of life for our loved ones sets her apart. She encourages families to plan by choice, not by crisis. Visit phyllisheldercare.info for a consultation. Phyllis is also a speaker for both the public and private sector on various issues related to caregiving, communication, empathy, and aging. Rabina Chaudhry is president and founder of Mars Services, an engineering management consulting firm, as well as founder and president of Olive Community Services, a 501c3, which provides culturally appropriate supportive services to seniors, their families, and the community. Rabina's passion for the elder population stems from her experience as an only child living over 1,000 miles away from her aging parents, who are now 91 years of age. She understands the delicate issues and decisions caregivers face. Visit olivecs.org to get further information about Olive's programs and services. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are tuned in to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy with Phyllis Amon and Rubina Chaudhry. If you'd like to leave us a question or comment about our program, please feel free to email your hosts from the Voices for Elder Care Advocacy show page on Voice America. Now, back to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy. Welcome back to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy. Um, We were having such a great conversation with Sophia Rubina, and we left it uh, with this idea that you are your Tesla (laughs) (laughs) as a a slogan. And uh, in the break um, and towards the end, uh, when uh, before Sophia signed off, we were saying and you were saying how people invest in so many other things, but they don't think about spending money necessarily on in themselves. And, um, you know, especially this time of year, you see all these commercials on television, these car commercials and, you know, the Lexus with the bow on it and, and all, these other, all these other commercials and gadgets you can go buy and go buy your new iPhone and this and that and this and that. And we're rushing a, around uh, buying gifts for other people. But do we really think about investing in ourselves? And sometimes even... When you go to buy a gym membership, you look at the cost and you say, ah, I don't know, it's kind of expensive, but um, it really is an investment in yourself. And you and I were talking about that a little bit. Mm-hmm. It definitely is an investment in yourself. And you are so right, Phyllis. That's the hardest decision to make. And, and I think it's even harder for women uh, than mm-hmm. it is for men. Why do you think so? Uh, because we are so used to putting everybody else first, everybody mm. else's needs first. Uh, you know, we are the nurturers. We nurture right. everybody else before you nurture. We nurture ourselves. I know that's the case with me, and I'm really trying to change my personal paradigm. And over the last couple of years, actually, it's interesting. Over the last couple of years, I have made a conscious effort. And, and even said to myself, what, what was my statement? My annual goal statement was that um, money is plen- available and I spend on myself freely. I had oh, to I go like to, that. I had to go to that level of making a goal statement to right. be able to go have a massage without feeling guilty. Huh. I like that. Money is available and I spend on myself freely. That's terrific. You know, we, we make it available for everything else. Right. So when we take a look at it, is why are we not spending on ourselves? Is it scarce? Is it because of scarcity or is it because we're not putting priority on ourselves? Hmm. For me, it was, you know, not putting priority on myself. And, and I'm sure there are listeners in the uh, in our uh, audience that that can relate with that uh, mm. but that that was big thing for me so you were uh, you touched on the fact that uh, you started working with Sophia mm-hmm. uh, are you willing to talk about that a little bit what are some of the challenges you face uh, working with her um, what are the benefits if any if I oh, don't definitely. know how long you've been working with her how that you've experienced you know I 
I've always been somewhat health conscious, but I know my husband is a lot more health conscious. And I think you would put him probably in the 80, 90% towards the mindfulness and the health and the exercise. And you've met him and you know. Yes, I was going to say, and I would You see, know his schedule. Right? <laughs> you know, if we have a house guest in one area, he goes and finds a TV and his exercise program in another area. Absolutely. And he does not miss his sleep time. And so on one side, I have that and, and he eats very healthy. So I'm making food, fresh food, but I, I'm working towards the discipline that I also give that to my body. Hmm. And you, you know. were saying that journaling isn't easy. Journaling is not easy for me in all areas. Why that mental block I have, I don't know. I've tried a grateful journal. You know, Sophia's asked for a journal. Um, I often think of writing a book, you know, but just, I think for me, talking comes easier than writing. So just through this conversation, maybe I need to have an audio journal. That's where, a good idea. Where I talk my thoughts into somewhere. That's yeah. a good idea. Maybe I've, that's the, so I don't know what that missing link is. I've thought of, um, I've done um, several different, um, I don't want to call them meditations, but I listen to different um, programs. Uh, and I've heard about a, a grateful, also a grateful journal, write five things um, every night before you go to bed that you're grateful for, or in the morning, um, write another five things. It also helps with uh, refocusing your mind on positive um positive feelings, positive ideas if you do it before you go to bed so that it frees you from thinking about troubles or problems, um, which is important for a restful sleep. I uh, I could maybe say it out loud. I don't write them down. Mm-hmm. It's, it's also a difficult thing for me, and I've written two books. So I don't think it has anything to do with writing per se. It, it's some other reason. Uh, okay. Maybe you and I can explore that together. That would be good. Yes, let's explore why why we are not writing that. And my grateful journal is only three items, not even five. <laughs> <laughs> and it should be it should be easier. Well, but I have you, an excuse then because I'm supposed to do five. <laughs> you're supposed to do five, right? Uh-huh. But let's let's get back to um, the, your question about my experience with Sophia and why I reached out to Sophia. And I shared with you that I am conscious of my health and as I get older I'm even more conscious of it and through Olive and being involved with Olive I find that the learning is just mind-boggling and I am truly a believer that for you to be able to teach something you have to learn it yourself so if I can say to somebody in hey Tai Chi and balance is a good thing to do well, I first have to go through it myself, and I have seen the benefits of exercise. I was introduced to the Silver Sneakers Flex, Silver Sneakers program through a friend, through an insurance company at the y, YMCA. So a couple of years ago, I started going to those classes, and it was through that the Olive Fit and Fun was born. Oh. Yes, it, it was. And then I had a trainer come at home. A couple times a a week and helped me. And I think her, she was very nice, very good, but she would be good for a a bodybuilder trainer than a a person of my body type and my age. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, they're right. very, very different. Uh, very different. Very, very different. Very different. Not to interrupt you, but I was working out with a trainer for almost two and a half years. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a period of time that I had to take a break because I had some elective surgery. And in that period of time, I actually slimmed down more than when I was working with him. And people noticed it because I was getting kind of bulky. Mm-hmm. Um, a trainer has to really know what your goals exactly. are, understand your age and your um what's best for your body um like you say he was a young fellow and that's what he was used to mm-hmm. uh, so uh, what i'm the, what i'm looking for at my age is different than somebody at 20 or 30 not that i don't want to get toned and, right. and strong but it's a, a different kind of exercise right our body needs are different uh, so you know my husband was doing a lot of research on different uh, supplements Mm-hmm. And I would see him drinking these red drinks. And <laughs> I said, no, I need to do something different. And also, I my sugar was borderline, becoming borderline diabetic. I think that was one of the points for me uh, because I didn't realize I had any issues like that. So mm-hmm. I searched out Sophia, uh, took my lab results, and she made out a plan. I took the supplements I was taking with me and uh, most of the things she said she I was okay there were a couple she one she said I was duplicating it the mm-hmm. one she said you know this is good enough but you may try another more natural brand which right. I which I appreciated and um, I was still arguing with her as to the amount of vitamin d I take mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> but uh, but that and then she offered me the opportunity to continue with her or work on my own, and I chose the option to work on my own. And I think I should have chosen the work, uh, the option to work with her, mm-hmm. um, to work with her. And uh, in addition, I introduced walking into my my daily life, and uh, and uh, she also told me because of this, com- you know, long conversation that at times in the afternoon I'd feel almost like stuffed up my sinuses Mm -hmm. she asked me to remove dairy for 30 days to see if I may have a low level dairy or 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 then you know remove the wheat and to try to identify and I think I'm finding a little difference when I am removing the dairy so in the new year I'm going to do 30 days of no dairy to see if that indeed is uh, is the culprit and hmm. I can tell you, you know, I am feeling better. Well, that's good. That's I, wonderful. I, I, I mean. I, and I am seeing the benefits of this approach. And I'm, and I also want to share with the listeners that I've spoken with Sophia and I've spoken with Shabir, who you've met. Shabir and Sophia did that um, uh, aging readiness survey and the conversation, the topic that we talked about on our December 16th show. Right. If the listeners want to go back and listen to the show on December 16th, um, that is on aging readiness. So as a follow on to that, I've asked them to come up with something that we can all do together. And I'm hoping it'll be designed within the next couple of weeks and we will introduce it and we'll be happy to share that with you and as well as the uh, as well as the listeners. Um, it would be great to be able to have Shabir on the program to really discuss that and 
the other areas that he works on, not only with um, Sophia, but other. Th- he he's just a very very interesting man. It was fascinating meeting him. He has a lot to offer. Um, well, to we people. can definitely reach out to him. Definitely. Yeah. So that sounds t- so terrific. Oh, I met Sophia, as you said, at the. Uh, Olive Fourth Annual Vision Luncheon when I was the moderator of the the panel, and um, that's when I asked her to to come on the show because I feel as though I have to I the last six months I lost my way a little bit and I feel like I have to get back um, on a path and I I like her approach about a, a journey. A health mm-hmm. and wellness strategy and a journey. It's not just like she said, okay, I'm going to lose 10 pounds, 15 10 pounds, whatever it is, and great. It's it's more than that because I'm in my mid-60s and um, we have to prepare, as I said at the outset, we have to prepare for our changing health and our body needs as we continue to age because our health and body are changing. And I'm right with you. I am... Uh finishing my 60s and I'll be beginning my 70s next year and I'm looking forward to a wonderful uh, wonderful decade of 70s and, well uh, and we'll start it with 2020 and our we'll uh, started with 2020. journey so I guess that's it for today uh, thanks for the listeners uh, joining us as we talk about our age and wellness journey and um, we'll return next week on Voices for Elder Care Advocacy on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We definitely will, Phyllis. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening this week to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy. Please join your hosts, Phyllis Amon and Robina Chaudhry, again next Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week.